Sporting Beards, episode number 87. Chase, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, a little overwhelmed. Lots of lots of sports going on, and <laughs> it's uh, it's been fun, but overwhelming. And but I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. How are you? Not too bad. Um, I was I was pretty frustrated this weekend because you know I like to watch all the college football games, but at basically right at eleven o'clock on Saturday, as the games are getting kicked off, my internet goes down, and it was like in and out and in and out it'd work for 10 minutes and then it'd be down for 20 until about 6 30 or 7 o'clock oh man so your worst nightmare i was watching it is my worst nightmare like i i I work from home so i I use internet all the time internet never never goes out never gives me any problems saturday it gave me all kinds of problems and so instead of watching having five games on and kind of watching looking back back and forth between them i had one game on because all i could use was my phone and so i was watching one game at a time and i hate watching college football that way yeah i feel you we've uh we've developed a a strong liking to watching multiple things at once which is difficult sometimes (laughs) yeah and then the astros had a game that night so you know for the first hour or so of the late games like i was just watching the astros game because that's an important game for the astros which we'll get into right so i couldn't really watch the the start of the late games either Mm -hmm. until the internet came back and then i was able to put everything on and then at certain points like the internet would come back and i'd go to you know restart all my streams and then i'd have to log back into stuff for some reason I guess when the, the internet went out, it logged me out, and so I was having to log back into stuff. It was oh, just an, it was annoying, annoying day. Unfortunately, that's kind of like that Dr Pepper commercial where they <laughs> got the wrong password and typing it in. And... Yeah, except mine didn't come back on when the right, game started. Right, that sucks. Man. <laughs> well, other than that, did you have a good weekend? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Aurora went to uh, went to a concert this weekend that she's been looking forward to for over a year at this point, or nice. right at a year, something something like that and so she was really excited about that she had gotten a whole bunch of stuff that she could wear and like so she ended up taking a lot of stuff back today that she didn't wear you know (laughs) right glittered herself up and hell yeah trying to look like a high schooler basically (laughs) which was which was fun hey having fun man she had a great time That's that's what that's all that really matters is that she had a great time at the concert it's a band that's kind of based on a show in mexico from when she was a kid okay so she was very excited for that she had a good time awesome yeah i uh i ended up not really doing much this weekend because thursday night i went to casa's league bowling and they had found out that it was my birthday recently and everyone wanted to buy me shots Mm. and it went (laughs) it went well about as well as you'd expect but i uh (laughs) I ended up uh, getting quite hungover Friday, so didn't really do anything Friday. And then Saturday, I decided just to chill and watch a little bit of of some sports and and not really do much. Uh, We did have a baseball game Sunday, which we won. Again, we're on a winning streak, so that's good. Um, You win tomorrow, and then you win the next day. That's (laughs) called a winning streak. (laughs) Yes, it feels good. Uh, We actually won on Wednesday night, and then yesterday because we had a night game this week so we've won two games since we last spoke nice yeah so uh that was a lot of fun and then i just watched football so yeah it's good i think i'm finally over the hangover (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, the, the older we get, the longer the hangover. Yes. Oh my goodness. To fully recover from it's true. when you really go hard in the paint. Well, and then people were wanting to take different stuff, and I was like, I'm down for whatever. And then I was supposed to eat when I got there, and that didn't happen. And yeah, I just yeah, planning to eat at the place that you plan to drink not always the best idea. True. Sometimes you forget to eat. Yeah, because as soon as you get there, you get a drink. Right. So, so sometimes it's it's better to just eat before you get to where you're gonna drink. Yeah, usually more uh, affordable too, cost effective. Yes. Yes, especially if you eat at home. Yeah, I need to get better at that. <laughs> so, episode number eighty-seven. Correct. What's the What's the first eighty-seven that comes to mind? Okay, so I have uh, I have two. The first one though that came to mind was Gronk. Mm-hmm. Just I'm, I'm I mean the cover of the Madden that he was on, spiking the football, and just the dominance that he displayed for the short period of time that he did. I mean. I feel like he's kind of forgotten about in those great tight end discussions lately because tight end has evolved and there are some really good ones now, but partially because of Rob Gronkowski and what he was able to do and and stretch that offense for New, New England. But him and then Travis Kelsey, the current one. Don't you mean Taylor Swift? <laughs> right. Yeah, the guy that's been in the news a ton. We don't have to even give him any more publicity, but here it is. <laughs> You could have been sporting beard, uh, beard of the week, but you had to trim it down to a mustache for T Swift. Yeah, well, he's had that mustache for a little I bit. Yes, he has, but I just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Any eighty-seven uh, so you thought of other than that? Reggie Wayne. Oh, that's another good Reggie receiver. Wayne was, that's that's the one where mine my mind goes to is Reggie Wayne. That's a good one, definitely. He was clutch. Won the Super Bowl with Peyton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was on that team. Oh, yeah. I think, was was Edron James still on that team? Was that still Edron <sighs> James and Peyton and Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne? I can't remember think... if Edron James had already left for, for Arizona. Ah, man. That, that's... I feel like he had already left by then. I mean, maybe. Let's see real quick. Uh, but other than him, though, I did see uh, earlier tonight uh, the tight end for the Seahawks, uh, Noah Fant. He is a... He's number 87. Yeah, not quite in the same class as, well, no, uh, but, as those other three. No, but, but I, he scored or, or almost scored. His knee was down like right as he was crossing the goal line. Uh, let's see. What was it, 2005 that they won or 2006? 2006. Ah, that was his first year in Arizona. Oh, he had just left. Yeah. All right. So as, uh, speaking of titles, 1987, we have the Twins over the Cardinals in the World Series. Can't happen this we year. Have the, can't happen this year. Well, the Twins. The Cardinals. The the, yeah, the Twins could win, but the Cardinals definitely. <laughs> uh, we had the the Redskins beat the absolute shit out of the Broncos in the Super Bowl. That was a forty-two to ten score. How early are you checking out of that Super Bowl if it it was today? Like, you stopping watching the second quarter or? Well, I mean, if if it was today, I would have to wait because we saw a twenty-eight to three comeback <laughs> at this point. <laughs> But I guess back then I, guess. I probably would have been checked out. Basketball, we've got the Lakers over the Celtics in six. I'm tired of hearing about those two. Yeah, <laughs> there aren't very many of that particular matchup remaining. <laughs> the longer we go now, oh, that's funny. And then the Miami Hurricanes were the you? national champions of college football. Okay, 1987. What a year! Like yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was. I was negative four that year. Negative three. <laughs> I was somewhat starting to be thought about. Yeah. My sister was already born. I'm like, maybe we should have another. <laughs> 
Oh man! So base right. baseball happened this week a lot. I, I know we we forgot to when we were planning out the show. We forgot to, we forgot about one big thing Ooh, that happened. This, that's right. This week. Do you want to talk about that first, or do you want to do baseball and then? Okay. No, let's go ahead and get that. Get that. So as we mentioned, Taylor Swift is dating. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. We're not. We're not diving deeper into that. Did it. <laughs> we're already a part of it now. You've just done it. Uh, we're not we're not going any deeper than that. We might make some more jokes at some point <laughs> in the episode. No promises that we won't. But Damian Lillard is a Buck. Yep. And Drew Holiday is a Celtic. But and DeAndre Ayton is a Trailblazer. It's and the Suns are confused. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, basketball has just gotten kind of crazy. So the first domino finally fell was Dame Lillard. Everybody wanted to know what was going to happen with that situation. I, If I remember correctly, I told you that I believed that he would be on a different team before the start of the season, and you believed he would still be on Portland. Yeah, I thought they might string it out a little longer. but I mean, him pairing up with Giannis. You ready for my hot take? You don't like it? It's not that I don't like it. That, that team's not very deep. Well, the team's no. not very deep, and I don't know who's going to be the guys guarding the other team on the perimeter because it's certainly not going to be Dame. And Middleton True. has lost a step. Yeah, that was part of Drew Holiday's special was was defense. But that's not my hot take. My hot take, I think Drew to the Celtics is a bigger deal from a championship perspective than Dame to the Bucks is. I'm going to be honest with you. When I look at that starting five for the Boston Celtics and they have still have some depth, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's that hot of a take because – that looks scary. Especially like perimeter defense. You have <laughs> you have the best perimeter defender in the NBA, Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. You have a all defense contender every year in Jalen Brown. You have a very good defender in Jason Tatum, who can be a great defender when he turns it on. Tatum show up in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Those are three guys that could realistically be on an all defensive team at the end of the season, and that's your perimeter defense. And then you have you have um, JP Porzingis, Just... who is not like he's not fleet of foot. He's not the greatest defensive guy overall. But if if all you need him to do is guard the basket. He's going to do he that. He's do that. Yes. And they don't need him to do anything other than guard the basket. Right. And then and then guard the other team's tall dude <laughs> and, and hit some occasional yeah. threes because he's not even going to have to score that much on that team. So I, I like it too. I think the Boston Celtics, they saw that happen with Dame going to the Bucks, and they were like, how do we – how do we not just try to keep up, but maybe one up it? And I think they did. So now, like, if, I think if you're the Bucks, you had to do it. But I don't know how much better they actually are. They're better, but I don't know how much better they actually are. I mean, I'm gonna disagree with you there. I think they're way better. I I love. Have, I think Dame and Giannis on the same team is gonna be deadly. Uh, people are kind of getting away from the two-star team and they're trying to create a big three or something like that or more but the big two stars like that i think can be just as good as a, a big three and then they still got middleton which can arguably be that third star if you really want to put him there so yeah i, I like just worry it. about 
the like the calling card of the Bucks all these years is that they are going to play suffocating defense, and they got miles and miles and miles better on offense with this trade. I just don't know how much of it they give back on the defensive end because they're definitely given back on the defensive end by quite a bit. I, I'd say Whether that's it's fair. enough to counteract the offense. I don't know, but I think so. And what if all of a sudden Dame buys in and starts playing defense better? And since that's a defensive mentality team, they start trying to coach him up on that. And even a fully bought in dame there's a there's a limit there. i know we got you know he's he's that's a smaller basketball guy like, i mean that's just kind of how it goes there's there's a limit like you know dame could give 100 percent effort 100 percent of the time on defense he's still not going to be a good defender maybe he can become a bad defender because right now he's an awful defender he's a, a complete zero on defense so maybe he can become a bad defender and if he becomes a bad defender then that's you know that's that's something I mean, we'll just have to see. I'm not going to hate you because harsh is sometimes what you do, but zero is harsh. He's not a zero. He's not just a free a basket, or else they would never win a game. <laughs> but I mean, it's it, not good. that's fair. I mean, it's pretty brutal. But I think his offense makes up for his defense, and if he just starts getting a little bit better on defense, then hey, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as like. I don't think Dame's a good player or something. Right. I Dame's know. a phenomenal player. He's he's a huge asset. Right. But it's just the in, in the context of best defensive perimeter defender in the league, and you swap him out for one of the worst perimeter defenders in the league. Now, you took a huge step up on offense because right. you have one of the best creators and point scorers in the in the NBA versus Drew who's an okay at best offensive player. You're right. I mean you're right. But I feel like yeah, I, I will say that their upgrade on offense and being able to stretch the floor to put the defense on their on their heels basically uh is gonna outweigh what they have to do on defense. But we'll see. I don't know what Portland's thinking I, is my thing. Until the and until the tr- the actual the Drew trade came out, I was planning on coming on this podcast and beating the table saying, and even though I'm not a Mavs fan, but I would have been beating the table saying, Mavs, you have to go I get know. Drew Hall. I wanted him. He would have been an absolute perfect fit with the Mavs. I wanted him. Perfect yeah. fit. But if you're Portland, you got some picks. The picks could be valuable, especially if Giannis ends up leaving. You know, Dame's not the youngest guy in the world anymore. You got DeAndre Ayton, who's a young guy you can build, a, you can try and build around and see if there's something there. I kind of feel bad like, for the guy, but I mean, he didn't want to be in the situation he was in anymore. So yeah, and I think Ayton's still a good player. I know, he's, but it just still a good player. We've seen him do it in the po- in the playoffs. Like true, we've seen him do it. It just gives me Greg so Oden I, vibes. Because now he's going to be on the Trailblazers, and <laughs> and then if you're the Trailblazers too, like you you brought back Brogdon, you can still move Brogdon somewhere and get and get some more pieces. Like this deal's not done yet, as far as like what all they end up getting for Dame, because they can move Brogdon for something. They could probably move Robert Williams if they really wanted to for something. I think it's it's a thing where they're saying, okay, let's get these pieces, and then we'll break up some of this package and send it out elsewhere for more stuff, and then break that out and send it out for more stuff. I don't think they're done now. It may wait until midseason before they make any more moves, but I don't think that they're done with like the, the tentacles of the, the Damian Lillard trade. I will just say, before we move on, uh, the NBA does a good job of making it exciting. Um, 
every off season, but every, coming into every year, there's there's parity now. I mean, there for a little while, it was we kind of knew who was going to be in the end. Now, dude, it's it's getting fun. It's getting spicy. Yeah, the NBA might be the only sport where the off season can sometimes be more exciting than the, the it's regular true. season. That's true. <laughs> Or any games. It's good marketing. Yep, that's true. It's good marketing from them. Definitely. All right, you ready to get to some some postseason baseball? Yes. What? I mean, that's what it's felt like. That's what it's already felt like, really. It has. Um, Before we do that, real quick, I just... I wanted to send condolences for the family of Tim Wakefield who passed away, passed away this weekend from cancer. I love Tim Wakefield. Same. He was always really good, really solid, not, who doesn't like a knuckleballer? Yeah, he made me want to learn how to throw a knuckleball, and to this day, I can still throw a knuckleball. And yeah. it's mo- it's thanks to Tim Wakefield. You know what the craziest Tim Wakefield stat in my mind is? What's that? So he made his major league debut at 25. Okay. And he still pitched night. He still pitched 19 years in the big leagues, and that's including one season where he was hurt the whole year. So like he was a big leaguer for 20 years and after it- de- debut after debuting at 25. Hey. I mean, if you think about it, the knuckleball that shouldn't put too much stress on your arm as much as like it bumping know. 98 every fucking day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the great knuckleballers can they can they can pitch a lot of innings for a long time. Dude, out in adult league, especially in Mexican league, I've seen some old men with some knuckleballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, did you see George George Kirby's knuckleball the other day? Were you watching the Rangers game when he threw the knuckleball? Yes. That I was, was not filthy. watching when he did it, but I did see it. Yes, it was filthy. And it's that almost like... filthy. Why don't you start maybe throwing that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mix it in. Yeah. That thing was disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it's been so long since we've had a true knuckleballer, like a good one. R.A. Dickey. In the big leagues. R.A. Dickey was the last yeah, one. I mean, we've I feel had like like he a was couple the last. guys. There was, a, there was a guy that pitched for the Red Sox couple of years ago that was a knuckleballer but he didn't last that long he wasn't that good i think his last name was right oh maybe. yeah i think i remember him yeah, yeah. but i know from experience I, I guess the main reason that there's not a lot is if if you don't throw it right and it hangs over that plate it's going over that fence <laughs> and i know from experience <laughs> yeah uh, i mean all you gotta do is look at tim wakefield's career like there are some years where it's really good and there are some years where it's really bad <laughs> exactly <laughs> Live by the knuckle, die by the knuckle. Yeah. All right, let's get to this postseason. All right. Um, well, I guess let's recap the last recap real quick. Well, I mean, that I think that fits. I think it's right? accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. the AL West was nutty to the end. Yes, very. <laughs> we went into the weekend with the Rangers. Was it? It was two and a half up against the uh, up on the Astros going into the their last series, and they were three and a half up on the or three. Yeah, up it was on the just Mariners. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just three. Was it? No, no, it wasn't. I think it was four. It was four because they the Mariners wouldn't needed to sweep the Rangers to to have it be a tie. Okay. So they were up four on the Mariners, two and a half on the Astros, and then well, you take it away. It was your team. I didn't get to watch a ton of that series. <laughs> It's probably my fault because I didn't get to watch a ton of it either. Is it? Oh, man. But I did watch while I could, thanks to you and your Fubo. That's what I was having to use on my phone. Um, But, I mean, the Rangers basically tried to give it to Seattle. (laughs) They, oh my gosh. Sorry, dog got underneath me. Uh, They just couldn't, their bullpen still. They had the lead. 
late. They, it was a one nothing ball game late, and they gave up the lead, and not just the lead, the walk off to basically keep Seattle's season alive. Yeah, that was Thursday, right? Yes, that was the, that was the, the first game. game of it, um, and that would have been it. Would have brought our magic number back down to I think two at that point. We only needed to win two more, and we would have had the division. I think it would have been one. One? At that point. I think it would have been one because the Astros would have been three games back at that point with three games to go. So it would have been one magic number. Yeah. And then they just demolish us eight to nothing. We couldn't get anything going on offense. We've got one of the best one through nines in baseball. You can't really argue with that. Our main downfall this year has obviously been pitching. But eight to nothing just felt demoralizing after we were <laughs> – It was in. we were in the driver's seat. And so we kept Seattle season alive again, and then we finally won a game, and, and we won six to one, and that one felt much better, felt more like us. And then the final game yesterday was just sad. We only gave up one run, which is pretty good for our pitching staff as of late, but we couldn't score a single run. So, to be honest, the ball doesn't fly very far in Seattle. It's hard to hit home runs in Seattle. And I think a lot of teams learn, I guess at least this late in the season, I don't know I don't know the proper air pressure and stuff like that to talk about, but I, I definitely know yeah, I, it, it's tough to hit home runs up there right now. I think it is a, a pretty pitcher-friendly ballpark. I'm pretty sure that that's accurate. And we, we've had some games where we've relied on that. I mean, one game last week we had a back-to-back-to-back against the Angels. Um, so, like, the Rangers – not necessarily rely on, on the home run like as much as maybe the Braves do, but <laughs> uh, they had it in their hands, and they just gave it away. They just had to win yesterday. They just had to score at least one run to keep it going, two runs to win the game. They win the game. It didn't matter what y'all did, and the division was ours. Now, I know you're going to bring up the fact that after we won the game against Seattle, we celebrated because it was our first time making the playoffs since 2016, which is a long time. We went from a 90-loss team to a 90-win team in one season. And, yeah, there were a lot of ups and downs, and there was a time where the division was basically like ours to lose. But A couple of points. Yeah, more than once. But if you look at it at a season-to-season and as a whole, this was a huge accomplishment for the Texas Rangers. They... It's a huge accomplishment for any team to be able to do what they did from from one year to the next. So I'm excited. I am ready to go win two straight against Tampa Bay, and then we're going to sweep Baltimore, and then, and then we're going to come see whoever beats you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I will say it's a little easier to go from 70 to, to 90 when you're spending like half a billion dollars on new players. Hey, but but nobody else has done it, and they could have spent that much that's money. True. That's true. And the other two, the other two big spenders in the off season both missed the playoffs. Yeah, so the three largest payrolls missed cre- the playoffs. Credit where credits due, but let's not let's not pretend like you're the Orioles. Well, no, I I agree, and and props to the Orioles for what they did. They've Didn't, had a hell of a season. Like the Orioles are organically went from 110 losses to 100 wins in two seasons. Okay, well, I don't care how you have to do it. I I just wanted to set the record straight on the. It, this is not a like the Rangers are not a scrappy underdog team. They're they're a team with the, they're an old team already. No, even though they haven't been around uh, together, they're an, they're an older team that uh, there's a lot of spent a lot of money spent on that team. So let's not pretend like they're the scrappy underdogs that 
nobody ever believed in. Dude, I'm, I don't think I said that. That's the way it comes off when you say, like, this team was a 70-win team last year, and now they're a 90-win team. That's the way it comes off. That's I'm a big like, accomplishment. A lot of the same guys. The Most of the lineup is the same lineup. We added some pitching, like, and we called up some, some young guys. Yeah, that wasn't even healthy half the season, and we still were able to compete with you guys. Like, the better team didn't win the division, and we know that. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. You you want to do that? You want to play that game with the injuries? We were missing Jose Altuve for half the season. We missed Jordan Alvarez for two months. We missed we missed Michael Brantley most of the most of the whole season. Three fifths of our starting rotation was out the whole year. Yeah, we've dealt with a lot of injuries as well, and we're right there with you. So. Oh man, nine to four. Yeah, the series of the regular season. Regular season. We'll see what happens. How about six in a row then? Yeah. Congratulations. You're not going to make the ALCS this year, about, and I'm going to get that 20 bucks be, from you. About to be seven. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. All right, let's let's take a look at these <laughs> these series. Let's we need to we need to get out of this this talking shit. Yeah. Section could, of the podcast. We could go on. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we won't get to anything else. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um. So outside of the Rangers and Rays. Which wildcard series are you most looking forward to watch? That is a good question. Hold on, I'm bringing up. So it's Blue Jays, Twins, Winter Faces, the Astros, Rangers, Rays, Winter Faces, the Orioles, D-backs, Brewers, Winter Faces, the Dodgers, Marlins, Phillies, Winter Faces, the Braves. So not just because they end up facing the Braves, but I really think the Marlins, Phillies series is going to be fun because that's a, a division series where they've played each other a lot. They know each other. So it could easily get escalated in three games. So I think that one's going to be fun. Now, obviously, I'm super excited to watch the Rangers and the Rays, and I think that's a really good matchup. But if I were to pick out of the other ones, Diamondbacks and Brewers, that one's tough for me. They've both got some good pitching. They've both got some young guys, like more so the Diamondbacks. So that, that one's tough for me, but... Yeah, I'd say I'd say it would be the Phillies and the Marlins. That's going to be fun. I, I I did want to give you props because I list I went and listened back to our MLB preseason episode. Okay. Before uh, earlier earlier today, I wanted to give you props. You had the Marlins as a wild card team. Oh. Before before the season, so I wanted to give you props on that. Thank you. Call. Thank you very much. It came down to the wire. We didn't realize did. the Reds were going to be good and <laughs> right, and that the the Padres and the Mets were not going to be good. We we both had the Padres winning the the division, the, the NL West. Yeah, yeah. like idiots. <laughs> How can you pick against the Dodgers uh, after this long? Yeah, we both had the Orioles in the playoffs. That was that that was good on us. You had the Ranger. You had the the Yankees missing the playoffs, so you were right on that one too. Yeah, dude, that division it's just so tough. And if we both had the Orioles making it, it's hard to bring another one. Yeah. Um, I had the Yankees instead of the Blue Jays, but that was even going against what – because I had spent the whole episode talking about how I didn't think the the Yankees were going to be very good, uh, but I just still put them in there anyway. Because it's the Yankees, Yankees, yeah. They always make the playoffs. You can't hate on that. Anyway, uh, for me, I'm – and this is a little bit of bias, but I am really curious about the Blue Jays versus Twins because, because of the Twins' long, 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 long – playoff losing streak right 
which is up to 18 games. Like, how do you lose 18 consecutive postseason games? Yeah, that's not series games. That's rough. They haven't won a game. You know who? Do you know who the last the in the last wins postseason victory? Do you know who the pitcher was that got the win? No. I'll give you a hint. You yep. want to side Johan Santana? <laughs> Johan Santana. Oh, no. Johan Santana oh, no. was the last twin to record a win. Oh no, nah, that's that's bad. It's not good. Johan Santana has been retired for over a decade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> I actually picked the Twins. Like, did you fill out the uh, the MLB? bracket thing that they sent you where you no no i'm going to get it right to, i need yeah, to find that you need that. to get that done yes rangers win the I, I picked i actually picked the twins to uh wow to win that to win that I, I think that they're gonna do it Oof. they're not playing the yankees i think like 10 of their 18 losses were against the yankees <laughs> Maybe more, and maybe more. I don't. I don't. Know. I wouldn't doubt it. They, they. It seems like every time they make the the postseason, they run into the Yankees and they get swept. Yes. It's not the Yankees this time. It's the Blue Jays. I don't know. Everything in me says the Blue Jays should win, which makes me pick the Twins. <laughs> I, I, I can't hate on that. Uh, on that strategy. So, oh man, it's gonna be fun though. I, I yep. don't know how I feel about the three game series still, but yeah. You can't really do any more than that, though. You're right, because there's so many because games. Because then, then the the team with the with the buy, I mean, like the teams with the buys already are waiting until Friday and Saturday to play. True, that's true. You can't really make them wait more. I mean, that's a week from now. Playing baseball, like you need to play every. Let's day. add another wild card, and then. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm just kidding. I am totally kidding. I don't want this to be like basketball, where half the teams make it over yeah. half the teams. They'd, it cheapens the regular season. Right. Like we'd still have a race at the end of the season, but it'd be between two seventy-four win teams he- instead of three ninety-win teams. True. Hey, hear me out. I saw somebody say that they wished they still did the game one sixty-three, and I like that would have been so much fun between the Rangers and the yeah. Astros. Game one sixty-three today at Minute Maid. That I might have drove. I might have drove down there. That, that would have been so much fun. But that's not how it works anymore. We, we might we might have had to drive down there and do a live episode. I know, today. right? <laughs> that would have been nuts. Let's go to St. Pete. But I'm just kidding. I mean, do you really want to go to St. Pete mm. in, in that stadium, especially since they're getting a new one playoffs. at some point? Still the playoffs. Maybe it's not yeah. not too expensive then. Maybe there's upside. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Luis Arias back to back. Uh, batting title champ very nice in different leagues which nobody's ever done one league and then the other back-to-back seasons only one other player has ever done ha- has ever won the batting title in the american and national league we've talked about this <sighs> i i almost don't want to count it because one of the seasons was 2020 uh. but it was DJ LeMayhew. Got you. Okay, okay. Like, I almost don't want to count it just because 2020 and... He still had like, just as many and, opportunities as everybody else that season. That I, that's I know. That's one of the I, ones I'm kind of cool with. Like, the season... Like, when you're talking about, like, all-time type of stuff, like, something like this, I just don't want to count a 60-game season. It's not his like, fault. I know it's not his fault, but just so many things. It's it's a third of a season. True, but everybody it's had a third, a third of, of a season. season, and he was the best one in that I third know, of the season. I know, but I just, I don't like it. I feel you. I d- 
I don't like it. I guess that's fair. If I don't want to count the Dodgers World Series, then... <laughs> See, I'm fine with counting the Dodgers World Series, and this is coming from a guy that hates the Dodgers. See, then you got to count that one. No problem. No problem with no problem with that. See, I use that reverse psychology. It's just the it's just the it's the the season long record st- type stuff. I feel like it's got to you got to play at least two thirds of a season for it to for it to. Count. So, are you going to tell me that you think Acuna should have an asterisk for what? For his seventy stolen bases, seventy three. Actually, no, because he's playing within the rules of the season, and it was a full season. Okay. Can we talk about that for a second? Just the, like 2020 is it was just a weird season in so many different ways there's no fans anywhere True. it's a short season like it's not even just a short season it's a third of a season yeah and the D- a third. Dodgers and the Lakers both win like what is happening like the world was ending <laughs> so like i just i don't want to count those Fair. so okay. like that's what i guess the the right way to say it is Luis Arias is the first player to ever win a batting title in both leagues in a full season okay dude i mean i'm not trying to take anything away from arias and what he did that's awesome and that's what helped propel the the marlins to a wild card so i'm i'm excited to see what they can do i think that matchup's actually a pretty good matchup philly is scary though i mean they were a wild card last year and made it to the world series so uh but we do have to talk about real quick uh the atlanta braves and how they finished the season Matt Olson, home run leader. Acuna, first ever 70-40 season, or 40-70, I guess is how you properly say it, um, which is absolutely insane. And one of the crazy things is he's not far off from the ACL tear. Like, yeah. And and to be able to have that kind of speed still, and yeah, they changed some rules to make it a little bit easier, but he's the only one that got that high. So uh, it was awesome. I just wanted to read off a couple stats that I uh, – that I have from how he finished the season. So 217 hits, 41 homers, 106 RBIs, 73 stolen bases. He batted 337 with a 1.012 OPS. That that's a hell of a it's not bad. <laughs> not bad. Uh, I'd say MVP. I mean, he will be the MVP. Yeah. That's just you could make arguments for for Mookie or for Freddie Freeman. Right, it but, won't be unanimous for sure. Yeah, but but I th- I think Acuna will end up with the MVP. Right, just insane. The Braves, they really are the team to beat in the National League, and, and and honestly, the whole thing really. But that's why we play the games. So I'm really yeah, excited when it's the Astros be beat them in seven. I told you the Astros aren't even making the ALCS, bro. It ain't gonna happen. That's because they're. We won't even count the ALCS because they're gonna beat whoever they play. So we're bad. getting back into this. We need to. So we're saying <laughs> goodbye to some of our favorites this year, which was yeah. kind of sad, especially seeing a Maybe. little montage of all of them together. Miggy being uh, probably the biggest one. Um, hell of a career. He. Uh, I actually had a, a little, a few little stats for him too. Uh, he becomes only the third player in MLB history to finish with a 300 or more average. 500 or more home runs, and 3,000 or more hits. Do you know the other two? So 3,500 and 300. And 300. I'm going to say Stan Musial. Nope. I don't, know if he got, I don't know if he got to 500. That seems like a lot for him. Yeah. Uh, Ted Williams. Nope. I think. No, Ted Williams didn't get to 3,000 hits because of the... See, this is hard. He, he's only the third one ever, so, I mean, there's only two other guys. They are people you will know, but... Pools didn't stay didn't stick at three hundred. No, I don't think. I, I don't think so either. Yeah, 
he did have a 300 plus average at one point, but I don't think he stuck there. I can't think of any other guys that Willie Mays that fit. Willie Mays makes sense. And Hammer and Hank. Hank Aaron. I wasn't sure if Hank had 3,000 hits or not. I wouldn't either, but yep. So Hammer and Hank, Willie Mays, and now Miguel Cabrera will finish their career with those numbers. So that's definitely good company. Loved watching him play, man. Loved watching him play. And I also saw a stat that, and just like that, no more hitters in the MLB have faced the Montreal X. He was the last. Was he? The, he was the. Last he was the one. last hitter to face the Montreal Expos. <laughs> that was kind of that kind of fun. But then we're also saying goodbye to Adam Wainwright. Also a long, Wainwright. good career. Uh, apparently, I didn't even know this one really until like towards the end of the season. But Joey Votto, Joey Votto's calling it quits, or is it his? Or was he maybe just not going back to Cincinnati? I have not seen that that, that it'll be his last year. I saw the the, the last game uh, for him in Cincinnati, and people with signs were going to miss you. And I don't know. I know he's scheduled to be a free agent, I don't know. and I don't know that the, if they want him back or not. He had said it in spring training that if he if he felt like he was healthy enough and could contribute that he would play another season but i don't i don't think that he had ever said one way or the other this little montage that i saw had him included which i was a little surprised um and then brandon crawford was also in this little montage and he was basically tearing up saying goodbye to the crowd in san francisco that makes some sense like i know he's he's not quite as old as the other guys but he's played shortstop a long time yes taxing yes so some some favorites definitely some favorites uh that will be missed if that is for sure. I'll have to double check because uh, I feel like we would have known if Joey Votto was calling it quits or not. But one one more to throw out there is is uh, I thought I was missing one is Francona. Oh yeah, definitely not a player but manager. Right, World Series winning manager. Right. Yeah. The Red Sox. Red Sox. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, dude. Now if if Joey Votto <laughs> if he does retire. I wonder if he would be the only person to ever get tossed in the first inning of his last ever game. Because he got ejected on Sunday in like the first or I see that right now. Yeah, I just tried to look up to see if he's actually... So apparently he addressed his possible retirement. I don't know. We'll find out. We will definitely find out. Um, but man, what an end to the season. It was fun. It definitely came down to the wire for both wild cards and the Wild Wild West, of course, which I look forward to hopefully fully healthy everybody competing with the Astros for a long time. We'll see. Yeah. So oh, I was, I was wrong. All the series are starting on Saturday. Nobody's playing on Friday. Okay. But so we got Tuesday, Wednesday, but, Thursday, Thursday, if necessary for the wild card. Yeah. And then division series starts Saturday. Okay. Division series starts Saturday. The AL will play Saturday and Sunday. And then the NL will play games one on Saturday and games two on Monday. Okay. So next time we talk, there will have been, you know, two and a half of the of the first like three of the series will be two games deep by the time by the next time we record. Okay. We'll be talking about Rangers Orioles and Blue Jays Astros. And then possibly I'm gonna go ahead and say Marlins Braves feels weird saying it. I don't know. I don't know. And then I'm gonna go. I think the Brewer. I think the Brewers just have a little bit more experience, and it's just a three game series. Like I think the Brewers will take it too. So that's what we'll be talking about. I, those series. I, I went Rays, Twins, D-backs, Phillies. So we're completely opposite. Basically, <laughs> literally, <yeah>. we are. <laughs>
Dang. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. I bet you 10 bucks. All right, let's... The whole parlay. The whole parlay? Yeah. What if neither one of them happen? Then we just shake on it. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh, man. All right, let's get to some football before we run out of time here. Yes, it is to, football season. We need to get to Chase's power rankings. Correct. So... We had a lot of fun. Right now I am watching a Monday night football game between the New York football giants and the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are up 14-3 to with the Giants driving close to the goal line. Apparently Geno went out uh, earlier and Drew Locke made his first appearance for the Seattle Seahawks and drove them down the field and scored. So uh, there is no Saquon for New York, but they're having a hard time getting stuff going. But a lot of... Maybe not as much craziness as last week in the NFL on Sunday, but still some craziness. Yeah, I mean, nobody scored 70. Yeah. <laughs> well, that team is involved in some craziness this week, though. Um, but we will – oh, no. The Giants just threw a pick on the goal line. Looks like a pick six. Oh, no. Dang. I might have to change my power rankings. <laughs> How much do you think the Giants regret giving giving that extension to Daniel Jones? It has to be a lot. They have to really regret it. I mean, he just... I was saying last year, he's not good. 97-yard interception. He's not good. He is not a good quarterback. I don't care what his record... What what their record was last year or how much he looked a little bit better. He's not a good quarterback. He's not somebody to hit your wagon to. That was a terrible throw. Terrible throw. It wasn't like a tip ball or nothing. That was just a bad throw. Anyways... (laughs) They're not in I my power the, rankings. I didn't, even, I didn't even realize, but I have the the Manning cast is the one that's on my my TV up top. Uh-huh. I didn't even notice it, but I just didn't want to change it. And Eli was doing the doing the Eli face as they were showing the, Daniel Jones um, as they were oh. showing the play. <laughs> he just he had his he had his Eli face. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> It's a curse for the mouth, Giants. Mouth slightly open, looking a little confused, like he doesn't know where he's at. <laughs> oh, Eli. Cooper's a... Everybody knows the Eli face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so before I get into my power rankings, I do want to talk about one guy in particular, and I've talked about him before on here. His name is Puka Nakua. This guy is absolutely insane. I mean, he's not doing anything like crazy, crazy, like, oh, my gosh, nobody can do this. But, like, he's got 39 catches for 501 yards through his first four games in the NFL, which is the most in NFL history in both categories. And it, he got his first touchdown to walk off against the Colts yesterday, um, which is a great way to get your first touchdown. But, man, this guy is looking better and better. If they get Cooper Cup back, I think it's only going to do good for him because then they're going to have to worry about Cooper Cup. And so Rams are actually looking pretty decent. Um, they'll be part of my teams that just missed out of my top 10 power rankings. The Rams, the Chargers – the Washington Commanders, looking pretty decent, gave Philly a run for their money. Uh, the Seahawks, who, like I said, watching tonight, I mean, they might have actually jumped the number 10 team I have right now, but then, uh, and also Jacksonville. Uh, and then I'll also start by saying the teams that I moved out of my top 10, again, this is from two weeks ago, so there have been two games that have played, but I moved Cincinnati out finally because, oh my gosh. I don't even know. It's rough. I do not even know. It has to be Joe Burrow's calf holding them back. That has to be it. So uh, I also moved Jacksonville out um, to where they just missed. Like they're just on the borderline of my top ten. 
Uh, and then Cleveland has also moved out. It, it was kind of a unfair for them this week because they were going with no Deshaun Watson, and they also lost Nick Chubb to the end of the season, so they also move out. But my number 10 team played on Thursday night. That's not the one that you're thinking. No. It's the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, the one you're thinking is maybe a little higher. You're, you're smart there. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are at my number 10 right now. They do lose to Detroit 34-20 to this week. Um, but you're still feeling the love, huh? <laughs> I like what you did there. I do like Jordan Love. He's looking good. I do think that there is something to the whole having a quarterback sit behind a future Hall of Famer for a few years or maybe even just a year um, in Patrick Mahomes' situation not a future hall of famer for him but uh so i like uh what love is doing so far and i think that was super beneficial in that happening plus he's got some really young receivers that are looking good christian watson's back and and looking healthy if they could just get a healthy aaron jones and establish more of a running game i'd be really scared of of green bay because yeah the lions are looking good but that division's winnable if green bay can play like they did the uh, last not this week, but last week, and then uh, to start the season, I, I kind of like them. So I put them at number 10. Also new to my power rankings, coming in at number 9, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're looking good. They're in a super winnable division. They have a division game this Sunday against New Orleans, and they beat them 26-9. to With Kamara coming back, Derek Carr was able to play, and they couldn't get anything going against this Tampa Bay defense. And not only that, but Baker Mayfield, he's still Baker Mayfield. I mean, 25 of 32, 246 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. I like it. I like Baker Mayfield on that team. The crazy thing to me, while Tom Brady was there, they had these deep threats and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and he wasn't able to necessarily throw it as deep. He wasn't known for throwing it deep as much as most. He, he got the ball out of his hands real quick. But with a guy like Baker Mayfield, you can take full advantage of these deep threats. And each week, you don't know who it's going to be between Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. This week, it was Chris Godwin with eight catches with 114 yards. And the crazy thing is Baker had three touchdowns. Not one of them was to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. So if he can get other people involved, I like what's happening in Tampa Bay. So watch out for them. They're my number nine. And then the aforementioned, also not previously in my rankings, the Detroit Lions. They beat Green Bay 34-20 to on Thursday night. They moved to 3-1 and to take the lead in the division. I like the Lions. They look really good. I mean, everyone was really hype on Jameer Gibbs, the rookie, which I, I still like him too. But man, did, did people look past David Montgomery. David Montgomery is a, a, a dog, dude. Like, he, he is a workhorse. He had... 32 carries. He's on the Lions. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's a lion. No, uh, he had 32 carries for 121 yards and three touchdowns. The dude is just a beast. I mean, he's, he's running over everybody and making it known that that's his job until Jameer Gibbs takes it from him. <laughs> so, yeah, he was, he was held back by being on the Bears. That's where offensive players go to die. Yeah, which we're definitely learning. Well, th- they had a good week this week. They're, I'm, I'm not going to get into it too much because they're not on these rankings, but Justin Fields actually had the most passing yards and passing touchdowns of his career on Sunday. So that's promising for the Bears, but then again, it was against Denver, who gave up 70 to the Dolphins last week. So <laughs> who knows how skewed that is. However, Detroit looks really good. Detroit, they, they beat Kansas City. They've beat Atlanta, which they didn't beat them in, in great fashion, but I mean, 
it's an Atlanta team that, that they're playing decent on offense. So to be able to still beat them, good. They beat Green Bay, and their only loss was to Seattle last week in overtime. So Detroit could very easily be 4-0 and right now. And the last time that they won the division, their division, was in 1993 before it was even the NFC North. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a long time. So I'm excited on the Lions. I moved them up to my number eight. Let's see what they can do. Let's see if Jared Goff can actually lead a team. I mean, he, he led the team to the Super Bowl, so I guess he can. But number seven, who was actually previously also number seven, the Baltimore Ravens. Just steady. Just steady. Uh, you kind of think they're going to take a downfall, and then you look up and they're 3-1 and one again, and it's just like, okay, I mean – they do get to face a Cleveland team yesterday that had no Deshaun Watson, like I mentioned. They also have no Nick Chubb, so they kind of beat him down, twenty-eight to three. They they didn't let him do anything on offense. Uh, Lamar still kind of in a way subpar uh, passing. He had fifteen of nineteen for one hundred and eighty-six yards, but he did have two touchdowns to Mark Andrews. So he didn't have to do much this game, but you still want to see some more passing from Lamar. That's what I'm waiting on. I can move him up. I mean, that's, they're having they have injuries. That, that's not their forte. Like they until they get him like a big play receiver, like a big time wide receiver, not just having a tight end, which Mark Andrews is great. But for them to take the next step offensively, they they'd have to get a, a better receiving core for him. I agree, and and they have dealt with some injuries. I mean, they've been wanting J.K. Dobbins to be their starting running back for like five years now and it just never has happened uh so th- they've dealt with some injuries and so i am a little still leery on them but their only loss was to indiana uh, indianapolis in overtime so i mean baltimore's still looking good so one of my biggest moves over the last two weeks my number six team was previously my number two team the kansas city chiefs they barely beat the jets 23 to 20 They've lost to Detroit, and they barely beat Jacksonville. Now, I do like Jacksonville, so I still didn't really knock them too much on that. But then when you barely beat the New York Jets, and honestly, if it wasn't for Zach Wilson, they had a chance to win that game. It didn't look very good. Something's going on. Uh, Mahomes, 18 of 30, 203 yards, one touchdown, one interception. This was actually the first game of Patrick Mahomes' career in college or NFL where another quarterback had more yards, touchdowns, completions, and less interceptions than Patrick Mahomes, which is insane. But who would have ever thought it would be Zach Wilson to do it? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> but yeah, the NFL throws up some weird, some weird stuff sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but a uh, positive note for the Chiefs: Isaiah Pacheco is looking better and better. He had 20 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. Three catches for 43 yards yesterday. Uh, my main concern with them is Travis Kelsey is still your leading receiver, and you still haven't had anybody else step up since Tyreek left. Basically, now you were still able to win the Super Bowl with that. But it's still it's a concern. So uh, you, you're not going to be able to barely beat some of these better teams. Their their next big game really is Miami in November in London. So that's going to be exciting to see what Kansas City is really be about. A fun game. Yes, that will be a fun <laughs> game. Speaking of Miami, coming in at number five, who were previously number six, I could have moved them up a little bit higher because they put up seventy points last week. But I'm moving to number five because they do lose to Buffalo this week. It is a division game, 
but 48 to 20. They could not stop Josh Allen. Like it's crazy that like that's a high scoring game, right? 48 to 20. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's still less than the Dolphins put up <laughs> the week before. I know. Combined. I know. <laughs> yeah, I still can't wrap my head around it really. I still don't think a lot of people fathom how much 70 points in an NFL game really is. That's so insane. Yeah. It's like 10 to 3. <laughs> in, in baseball. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Because it's, it's, no. it's 10 touchdowns. But. Well, okay, I see what you're saying. No, it's more like the 30-3 to three that the Rangers did to the Orioles that time. I know. I just I like to make fun of NFL scoring because it's like, hey, you scored. How many you – know, that's one. Like, oh, let's make it six. <laughs> it is funny. But I like it. It's like people talk about – you know they they love the they love football because it's so high scoring. I was like, well, if you really break it down, though, is it <laughs> right? That's a good point. Like, is it any more high scoring? Than and then basketball is like, let's Not really. let's make it two and three, and then if you get a yeah. free one with nobody blocking you, just one. <laughs> but let's let's but let's make it to where like nobody tries to stop you for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, back to my rings. Uh, so the Miami yeah, Dolphins, sorry. they're at number five. They put that beat down on Denver last week, but then this week they lose to Buffalo. Now, there were some bright sides. Uh, Devon H. Han, which he prefers his name to be pronounced like that, apparently. Um, Devon H. Han had eight carries for 101 yards and two touchdowns after he had that huge breakout game last week. So, dude, it looks like this is becoming his job. They are going to get Jeff Wilson Jr. back uh, any week now. But he's looking really good. Tua still looked good. Uh, they just couldn't stop Buffalo on defense. They just couldn't do anything with Josh Allen. So uh, I still can't believe they put up 70 points. But they're at my number five. So right. at number four, also my previously number four two weeks ago, the Philadelphia Eagles. I still think they're really good. They go to overtime against Washington yesterday. They win 34-31. to 31. After Washington drives down the field to score at the end of the game with no time left to tie it, there was some question as to why Ron Rivera didn't decide to gamble and go for two to just win the game right then and there when you're facing the better opponent and had it right then and there. Instead, they do get the ball to start overtime, but they have a three and out immediately. And then Philly goes down, kicks a field goal. But Philly... Still looks good. I mean, they've got – they're the only team – I'm tired of seeing other teams try and do the quarterback sneak or the tush push, whatever you want to call it, like they, like the Eagles do. Nobody can do it like the Eagles. I've seen – like the Patriots tried it against the Cowboys yesterday. No. Uh, I saw it earlier yeah. tonight with Daniel Jones. He just looked like an idiot trying to do that. It's because nobody else's quarterback can, can squat 850,000 pounds. Yeah, I, I, I get it, but like – <laughs> I know that annoys you. That's the only it reason does, I brought that but up. But last week, I mean, yesterday they used it again. They were they were using it again, and until somebody can stop it, they're obviously going to keep doing it. And they they are the only ones that can get away with it. But yeah, it also helps that they like we can make the jokes about like the Kelsey brothers and the the whole thing of them being in the news. It, it really does help having Jason Kelsey being your center. Definitely, situation. I mean the offensive line in general. They've got a big offensive line, a big strong offensive line. That's what really helps. And then obviously having Jalen Hurts behind it. Uh, but not just that uh, on the ground, but Jalen Hurts also twenty five of thirty seven for three hundred nineteen yards and two touchdowns. He got AJ Brown nine catches for one hundred seventy five yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, he did. The- <laughs> Insane. That was insane. 
I almost traded that guy. <laughs> careful, careful. Oh man! And then Devonte wasn't didn't really get left behind too much. He had seven catches for seventy eight yards. So uh, Philly still looks pretty good, and I, I can't wait till we get to play him. The Cowboys. That is um, Jake Elliott, though. I do. I got to say, their kicker. He has he's tied with Brandon Aubrey now, the Cowboys kicker with thirteen field goals so far this season. He went four for four, and he's actually been huge in fantasy. <laughs> so number three, also previously number three, Dallas Cowboys. So if we would have done a power ranking each week, obviously they would have probably fallen last week because it was a very rough outing. But then they turn around and hand Bill Belichick the largest loss of his career. And which is saying something because at one point he coached the Browns. Exactly. I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> and not only that, but this is not like, I mean, say what you want about this New England Patriots team. It's still Bill Belichick. He's taken some teams that didn't look so hot and still has never had that bad of a beating. And, and it's funny because New England actually had the opening score with the field goal. <laughs> and then they lose 38 to three. Uh, Three turnovers for the defense. They bounce right back. They have two defensive touchdowns, a fumble six off of uh, Mac Jones, and then a pick six from Deron Bland, who actually had two interceptions yesterday. That now makes eight interceptions for Deron Bland in 23 games. Two of them are returned for a touchdown. Is that a pretty good fill-in for Diggs? I'd say so. That's taking care of business. So, yes, we're going to miss Diggs, but yesterday the defense looked just like the defense that they were the first two weeks we now in our three wins we've outscored the teams 108 to 13 yeah so i i'm just going to count that cardinals game as, as just a, a fluke any given sunday yeah any given sunday we played down to our competition now i would like to see us get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback and get some more sack but man it looks good the, the offense still hasn't had to do a lot. I'm st- I still want to see more from the offense, but it's a game where you don't have to. Dak still 28-34 for 261 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown was beautiful to C.D. Lamb. It was technically from the 21-yard line, so it wasn't in the red zone, really. Um, but they looked really good. I, I was really excited to see it bounce back after that, that Cardinals game. And now we get to face the 49ers and see what we're really about. So, ooh, that's going to be a big one. Number two, previously number five, the Buffalo Bills. They defeat Miami 48-20. to I talked about it. Ever since they lost that uh, first game, they have been on absolute fire. It's been insane. Josh Allen, 21-25, 320 yards, four touchdowns yesterday. <sighs> number one in point differential, aren't they? I believe so. I think, Cow- I think they're one and Cowboys are two. Yes. I, I, was, I was looking that up earlier. I believe you're right. Um, but, dude. Stephon Diggs looking like himself, six of seven uh, targets for 120 yards and three touchdowns. James Cook is still getting involved. Would like to see a little bit more out of him, but they hold Tyreek and, and Jalen Waddle to only seven catches for just over 100 yards combined. So Buffalo Bills look good. I'm taking a while to say this, I know. Uh, but number one, finally, I get here, San Francisco 49ers. They don't move. They look like they're still the team to beat. CMC cannot stop scoring touchdowns. They're still pretty good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they are still pretty good. I have to do, I, I have to do it every time. <laughs> See, he's not I having to do myself. a lot, though, but he was 20 of 21. Very, very... <laughs> 
uh, impressive. For 283 yards, a touchdown. He had two carries for zero yards and a touchdown. So I guess the QB sneaked on the goal line. But CMC has four total touchdowns yesterday. They're five of five in the red zone. They're second in yards per game. They're third in rushing yards per game. They give up the fifth most yards per game. Like they're an all around damn good football team. And we've got our hands yeah. full coming Sunday. The, the 49ers know who they are mm-hmm. more than probably any other team in the NFL. They know exactly who they are, what they're about, and what they need to do. Yeah, and this week, no Debo. And then Ayuk goes off for six catches for 148 yards. They they literally can beat you in any which way they want. And it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. So that will be my power rankings. Hopefully, Yay. hopefully it will change because I hope that the Cowboys beat the 49ers this week and get over that hump and prove everybody wrong. We got a long way to go. Yes, they do. <laughs> we'll see though. We'll see. All right, we'll just we'll we'll touch on a little bit of college this week and then and then we can go ahead and get out of here. As mentioned at the beginning of the pod, didn't get to watch nearly as much as I normally do, but I did hit some of the bigger games. A couple of points I wanted to throw out real quick. Kentucky looks really good. Yes, they did. Like, they absolutely pantsed Florida, mm-hmm. which I'm not high on Florida or anything. I think that the, the Florida-Tennessee game was a lot more about Tennessee than it was about Florida. But Kentucky actually kicked, just kicked their ass. Just, just absolutely kicked their ass. Yeah, good timing, too. Um, Alabama probably played their best game of the season. Texas took care of Kansas. They, yep. Kansas was, was missing Jalen Daniels, which that – that's a big miss for them, their quarterback. He His back tightened up basically right before the game, and he wasn't able to go. Damn. But Texas handled them. I mean, they expe- they did what you would expect to do when you're facing a backup quarterback. And it, it, with with Kansas, even though it's a backup quarterback, Jason Bean is the, the kid's name. He started half the games last year, so it's not like he's a completely inexperienced freshman coming out there. And their offense is a lot different when he comes out. When, he's, when Bean's running the offense, they're more – they're more triple option and Texas was not prepared for to be facing triple option. Right. They were, they were prepared to play Jalen, Jalen Daniels. Right. They weren't prepared to, to <laughs> kind to of play throws a wrench in so, it. <laughs> right. So, so Texas, you know, gave up some bigger, gave us some big plays where they weren't quite disciplined on the triple option. And Kansas, the only reason they were able to move the ball at all was because in the first half, Texas was caught off guard with with some of the options that they were running. And then they also got a lucky bounce on a on a fumble that was like an attempted like like the cardinal rule for an option offense is don't pitch the ball once you get beyond the line of scrimmage. Right. Like once you get behind the line, once you get beyond the line of scrimmage, you got to just go. And Bean's like running down the side and he's about to get hit. And then he's like 15 yards downfield. He's about to get hit, and he goes to pitch it. Gets hit as he's pitching it. The ball skips off the ground into Highshaw's hands, and then Highshaw takes off and runs for a touchdown. <laughs> and that was that was their only score in the first half. And they got one more uh, late in the game. Bam! But Texas handled them. I mean, they did. Texas the offense looked a little shaky in the first half, but they really kind of just put their shoulder into it in the second half, and that offensive line took over the game, and Texas put them away, mm-hmm. which is something that Texas didn't do last year. You know, last year we were every seemed like every episode we would come on, and I'd be talking about you got to make halftime adjustments. Like we're ahead in these in these games, and then we let the other team come back in. Texas is not doing that this year. Nope. They get ahead of these teams, and they put their foot on their throat. Big game this weekend. A huge game this weekend. Yep. Red River, 
this is probably the biggest Red River game since 2008. Yeah, both undefeated. Um, that year, they were both top five when the game was played. This year, they're both. I, I didn't see where Oklahoma ended up in the in the AP. I have them. I have them at ten. Twelve in my, in my rankings. So two top twelve teams. That's pretty big. That is pretty big. Yeah, it, this is a massive massive game yeah i think 2011 was the last time both teams were undefeated going into red river but they haven't been five and oh since 08 both teams are five and oh for the first time since 08 exciting it's definitely exciting we uh we had a couple wild ones i mean usc went up big on colorado Mm -hmm. but then colorado scores three touchdowns to to end the game to make it closer um see that's one that i wish i would have been able to watch but because it was such a blowout that's not the game that I had on my phone. <laughs> right. And I don't blame and you. I didn't even realize what was happening until it had already happened. Right. Uh, and then we had Ole Miss actually beat LSU in a high-scoring affair. That was affair. a fun one. Yes. That was a fun game. I forgot to mention that one. And then the one that I obviously was a little bit worried about, I sent you a, a few meme. Uh, Georgia escapes <laughs> against Auburn. Um, finally, I watched most of a Georgia game just because it was a close game, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like <laughs> I, Auburn, yeah, Georgia, Georgia's very lucky that Auburn can't throw the ball like at all. True, but it's a uh, it's definitely a rivalry game, and you expect rivalry games to to do that every once in a while, even when the other team might not be as good. But they they were able to take care of business and get it done. It was yeah. a fun game to and, watch. And Jordan Jordan Hare Stadium is one of the toughest places in the country to play when the game's close. Yep, agreed. Yeah, and it's funny because I guess the way our, our TV looked, it almost looked like the orange for Auburn was red. And so for a minute, Casa thought we were playing at home. She was like, wait, it's at Auburn? And I was like, yes. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I will say with Georgia, like if Texas beats Oklahoma next week, Texas is going to be number one. I don't know. Georgia plays Kentucky. Unless, and they're 20 now. So out, if Georgia comes out, Georgia whoops, comes out, Kentucky. Yeah, they'd have to absolutely smash Kentucky. But if happen. Texas comes out and and beats Oklahoma fairly handily, Texas is about to be number one. Be careful, though. Fairly handily is, point, isn't so easy. No, I, I, I know. And I, I'm just saying if. It's if. Right. It's a big if. I'm just saying at some point, at some point, you have to stop ranking Georgia based on what they did last year and the year before, and you have to start – ranking them based on no. what they've been this season. Nope, they didn't do that to at Alabama. Some point you do. They didn't do that to Alabama. They left Alabama at number one until they lost or somebody else really took it from them. When? Forever. For like the last twenty years. <laughs> no, but there was a long stretch where it didn't matter what Alabama did, they were staying number one until they lost. And so you can't you gotta give Georgia that treat we're the new Alabama. You gotta give us the treatment. You got to. I don't have to do anything. You're right. No, but uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd say Michigan has, is starting to – they finally put up a game to give them a little bit of an argument. 42-7 to seven against Nebraska. I know it's Nebraska. Yeah, I don't or think you can move to seven, Michigan up. I think you can, you can leave Michigan where they're at or you can drop them until they play somebody real. Agreed. I don't think you can move them up to number one. No matter what Georgia, I know, but I was I was finally excited to see a big number from Michigan. Yeah, they've been putting up thirties, and I guess thirty is kind of a big number, but not in college, not, not in college, college. Football. So it's good for them to put up a forty-fiver. Uh, Notre Dame beat Duke. That was a fun game. That yeah, one was it fun. Was real close all the way through, and then finally, uh, Audrey Estime just put the team on his back and 
ran into the end zone for a touchdown. Man, it, it seems like Notre Dame's got a tough schedule because they got another ranked matchup coming up next week in Louisville. Like, yeah. they've just been having ranked games after ranked games. Yeah, people it, – it's it's funny to me. Like, people are, always talk about the Notre Dame schedule. And it's like, guys, they, they play Clemson pretty much every year. They, they play USC every year. They play – North Carolina a lot. You know, they play some of the bigger ACC teams, and then they also end up scheduling an Ohio State, or they scheduled Georgia uh, years ago, a few years ago. Like, Notre Dame plays a pretty difficult schedule. It's not the, it's not like, it's not an SEC schedule in most years, but the SEC is a little bit down this year. But Notre Dame doesn't play an easy schedule. People always talk about Notre Dame playing an easy schedule. They really don't. They, they play 10 Power 5 teams a year for the most part. Yeah, I mean, as it stands right now, they played Ohio State last week. Then they just played Duke. They play Louisville this week, who's who's now ranked twenty five. Then they have USC. Like, and then they do still have Clemson on their schedule. Yeah, that ain't that's that's a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule. Bang. All right. Which which is why one loss Notre Dame is not out of the playoff discussion. Yeah, and they're number ten right now on the AP. So we've got a good a good week coming up though of, of some college games. You want to know something funny? What's up? So Notre Dame beat Notre Dame beat Duke this this week, right? Mm-hmm. I I moved Duke up at one spot in my rankings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I know how that is. Who was it? I had uh... just because of the way things worked out, like they lost, but I still because I, I do even even when I don't announce my rankings on the on the pod, I still do my rankings right every week. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I actually moved Duke Duke up one, even though they lost. Yeah, I mean, mine was technically two weeks apart, but I, I feel you because Miami technically lost, and I moved them up. <laughs> so it, it just depends on what happens around them sometimes. And if you're playing yeah. against a good team and you barely lose, that's yeah, not... what happened around them was LSU dropped from 12 to out of the rankings for me. Ooh, I mean, I don't blame you. I have two lost teams. I have certain, I have certain rules when I'm ranking, and if you're a two lost team. I, you cannot be in the rankings until you've played at least seven games. That's fair. Yeah, it's way too early for a two-loss team to be up there. That's that's my rule. If you have two losses, you can't get back in the rankings until you're five and two. I don't care how good I think you are. That's fair. Technically, that's a ranked matchup coming up, though. LSU and Mizzou. Yeah. And the aforementioned. Mizzou's look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, OU Texas and Kentucky Georgia. Those are the big ranked matchups we got coming this week. Kentucky Georgia, I think, is going to be fun because Kentucky Kentucky's like kind of a a lesser version of Georgia. Like they play really good defense, they play really tough physical defense, and they've got some big boys up front that can punish you. And we'll see. I'm just kidding. Like uh, I don't remember, I don't remember who who it was that said it, but there was a there was a coach in the SEC that said the three like the two most physical are the three most physical games you're going to play in the in an SEC schedule. Like the three most physical teams year in and year out, Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky. I can see it. I definitely can see it. It's going to be a fun one. Hopefully Georgia can take care of business. They should. Yeah. I think they should. They better. They better. They should. Because I'm not sure how many games Kentucky's going to lose. We'll see. So they better. All right. You got anything else for this week? Oh, man. Does Deron Bland have a beard? I'm not sure. I don't know either. I didn't do a beard of the week. Just remembered. I was trying to scramble. Scramble, scramble, scramble. Dang it. Miggy couldn't have a beard. He's got a little, like, <laughs> got a little chin, chin stuff going on. Not a full beard. I already did Baker. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll get you one next week. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. So everybody have a good week. Thank you for listening. Beards out. Beards out.